0: The great David Bowie, China Girl, brings me to my next guest. And I love this guy. you got to follow this guy on Twitter. He's the smartest guy on Twitter. He just is. Gordon G. Chang. Gordon G. Chang. And I love him on this program. He's on a lot of other shows, but I think he does his best work here. I think he'd agree. What do you think, Gordon Chang? Best work right here? Absolutely, (laughs) Stu. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. You're very, very welcome. Uh, You know, I I find it uh, almost funny. We're going to get to some really serious China news, but I'm sure you know this. The biggest story, the biggest story coming out of China today. Hangzhou Zoo. That's right. You know exactly the story. Tell folks about this. This is unbelievable.
1: Yes. In the Hangzhou Zoo, and Hangzhou is a big city, which is in the eastern part of China, There is a Malayan um, sun bear. At least that's what the zoo says. Now, um, people going to the zoo have taken photographs of this bear standing up. And I have to say, it really does look like a human in a bear suit. But the zoo is adamant. We know that sun bears, um, they do stand up. um, But, you know, (laughs) when you look at it, it looks like a middle-aged guy with a tummy in a big black suit. Yes! it does. It is from a country that zoos routinely fake things, like that they'll take dogs and they will dye their fur to make them look like a wolf or something. Um, I don't know the answer to this because I don't know enough about Malayan sun bears. But, you know, the people in China, they don't trust their society. So this is the biggest story. Now, the biggest story should be that Beijing right now is underwater. The biggest story should be that the Chinese military is being purged. The the rocket force, which is they have nuclear weapons that their their senior leaders have been purged. Now, those should be the biggest stories. But, no, the biggest story is the bear.
0: It is the bear, and I would imagine it's going to drive people to that park. I know that I I read four or five columns. I couldn't believe it. But while you're talking about the nuclear purge in China, everything that I've read says it was basically sparked by the Wagner Rebellion. Do you agree with that? Um, Probably not. I mean, there's a lot
1: that we don't know. Um, but Xi Jinping this year has been purging officers who are opposed to, go to of going to war. Now, he has purged the top of the rocket force, and there are elements saying, well, this was just a corruption um, inquiry. Well, yet yeah, almost every senior Chinese general and admiral is corrupt, so they don't get purged because they get corrupt. They purged because the Chinese leader doesn't want them or that there's intense infighting of some sort. Now, we've got to be worried that the guys who launch nuclear weapons um, are in a state of turmoil. Um, But also, more important, we've got to be concerned that the Chinese military now is um, at a point where it's being forced to go to war. Um, And a lot of the senior um, officers don't want to go to war. But Xi Jinping is absolutely determined to take lives.
0: So I read Newsweek every once in a while... And I came across a writer that I kind of like. He's pretty good. In fact, he's you. And uh, the, uh, the article reads, Communist China has peaked, I guess your latest opinion piece, uh, how well Communist China is doing. Tell us about this uh, column in Newsweek and why, in fact, it should make people in the United States afraid.
1: Yeah, this column was paired with one from David Goldman. We have a debate on that question, has communist China peaked? My point is that uh, what made China successful, which was this demographic boom, um, liberalization of the economy, and a very supportive international environment, all of that has changed. And what we have now is a China which will probably lose somewhere like two-thirds of its population this century. We have a Chinese economy that's going back to totalitarianism, And we know that in Chinese history, whenever leaders have closed off their country like this, there's always been disaster. And of course, um, countries around China are now banding together because they're concerned about uh, Beijing. They're not supporting it. They're trying to protect themselves from it. So I argue that this was uh, we've seen the top of China. But we've got to remember, Sid, that a China on the way down is more dangerous than a strong China. And that's the concern that we have to have right now that Xi Jinping sees a closing window of opportunity and decides he's going to strike sooner than later.
0: Yeah, I get frustrated because I still notice that when we talk about even the presidential race, Gordon Chang in 2024, when they talk about foreign policy, they're still talking about Ukraine, Russia. And a lot of these folks have designated Vladimir Putin as the most dangerous man in the world. I don't know how you can say that. I understand he's got uh, more weaponry, nuclear weaponry than anybody in the world, and he's a madman. I get all that. Had no problem under Obama going into Crimea, under Biden going into Ukraine. That's why not Afghanistan. I get all that. But the truth is he's not even winning this war. I mean, how how can you not have the guy in China as the most dangerous guy in the world ahead of Putin?
1: You're absolutely right about this. You know, there are a lot of dangerous actors around the world. There's Putin, there's Kim Jong-un, there's whoever is running Iran right now. But all of those guys are really just proxies for China, because China is making them dangerous. These guys wouldn't be dangerous if it weren't for China. Russia would have lost the Ukraine war by now were it not for Beijing.
0: Well, well stop um, right there. That's a big deal. You said, and I quote... Russia would have lost the war in Ukraine. By the way, they would have lost the war in Ukraine, too, if Joe Biden didn't kind of muddle along throughout this thing, because who knows what, maybe he's compromised, maybe he's not. But forgetting about our role in this, how did how did Beijing make sure that the Russians haven't
1: lost? Well, first of all, um, they gre- the Chinese green-lighted this invasion. This invasion would not have occurred were it not for the Chinese saying, you have permission to go attack Ukraine. But we've seen that China, with elevated commodity purchases, effectively finances the war. Chinese diplomats have been supporting Russia. Chinese propaganda, including TikTok, has been amplifying Russian disinformation. Um, We have China opening up its financial system to Russian institutions that have been sanctioned. And China, from the get-go, has been been providing lethal assistance to Russia. Now, the Biden administration says that's a red line. But it's open reporting. You don't need a security clearance, Sid, to understand that China has been supplying all sorts of lethal aid to Russia for prosecution of this war. If Russia didn't have that supporter in China, it would have lost by now. Matter of fact, as I said, the war would not even have started.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, if China didn't green light the war or red light the war, and of course it wouldn't have started if Donald Trump was still in Washington, D.C. and not Joe Biden. So those things are definitely 1,000% true. And that does bring us to the presidential election. I know Ron DeSantis, for example, Gordon, yesterday came out, and he detailed his economic plan, and he did include China. That was the only foreign country he talked about in his economic plan, Ron DeSantis, that had to make you happy.
1: Yeah, it certainly did. Um, You know, You know, just going back to something that you said, and your audience needs to hear this. If Trump had been reelected in 2020, um, there would be no Ukraine war. Um, There would be no um, problems in the Middle East like they are now. And by the way, North Africa wouldn't be exploding in flames if Trump had been president. So really what we've got right now is a world that is really falling apart. We've got um, essentially insurgencies in North Africa that look like wars. That's going to spread. And if China attacks some victim in East Asia, that's World War III, because we'll have war in Europe. We'll have war in Asia. We'll have war in Africa Mm -hmm. simultaneously. Mm -hmm. That's World War
0: III. So in 60 seconds, uh, we both agreed that Trump never would have happened. So now he goes out there and he says, let me tell you something. When I win again in 24, it's going to be over in a day, Ukraine, Russia. And even his biggest supporters go, Donnie, baby, calm down. Uh, so, the, so the question is, are we so far along right now, like you say, could be moments away from World War Three that a Donald Trump win, while well, it would be great and give us our only opportunity maybe to avoid World War three, may take some time to clean up, yes or no?
1: Yeah, it's, of course, it'll take some time to clean up, because right now we are at the most precarious position. Our um, people who are alive are now. mean this is more dangerous than the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis or the Checkpoint Charlie Crisis of 61 and 62. This is exceedingly dangerous. Trump needs a couple days to be able to clean this up.
0: By the way, both Democrats, Kennedy, 61, 62, Biden, in. I'm just saying, I don't want to make it a political thing, but... Democrats anyway <laughs> Gordon you're the absolute best I compel everybody to follow Gordon on Twitter he's a great bottle you will learn a lot I know I do Gordon G Chang and as always thank you for a great appearance Gordon Chang you're the best
1: thank you so much Sid and you're the best
0: be well stay safe it's my friend Gordon Chang I love that guy I love him I really do